Okay, welcome back to A Bitch and a Witch. I'm Sam. I'm Chad. We are back for part two of Alternative Medicine. We are super psyched to get back into that topic before we do, as usual, per our show. If you've not heard us before, we do a bitch rant. Small topic, funny story, anything that we want to rant about. So today we are going to talk about a funny story that we found. Yeah. It is about a hiker. In the UK. In the UK. He actually got separated from his family. His name was Harry Harvey. That has actually the first time I saw his name. That's kind of hilarious. Harry Harvey. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, he was reported missing by his family. They got separated during a heavy hailstorm. They actually were trying to find him for several days, three or four days. Like search and rescue, police, you know, everybody was out there looking. They eventually gave up. And they were, well, they didn't give up. They were holding a press conference at the town uh, that he lives in. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, he shows up <laughs> to this pub. It was actually held at a pub at his local area. Um, he shows up, and they're like, oh, well, there he is. Never mind. Found him. Found him. <laughs> Pretty funny, uh, all things considered. He was not injured, luckily. He was just said he was very hungry, which makes sense. I mean, if I'd been out in the wilderness for three days, I'd be very hungry, too. Probably didn't eat a whole lot. I just saw a picture of him, too. Apparently, he's got a big bandage on his head. I don't know. He must have, like, bonked it on something. Probably. I guess. But he was pretty much fine. That's really crazy to me. That's actually a long time, four days, in a forest. So, I mean, I know it's still in civilization, but he wasn't near people. <laughs> he was yeah. doing it on his own, really, which made me think of Naked and Afraid or any, like, survival-based show. I watch a lot of them because I find them interesting. I know you don't because supposedly you don't watch reality TV. I don't really watch reality TV. <laughs> I would say... And I get that, but you should watch a little bit of that show because it's not really that much about the drama. It's mostly about the survival skills and the things they do. About two people dropped off in an isolated area. I probably still won't watch it. I mean, that's fine. I'm going to tell you about it anyways. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> they get dropped off in an isolated area. So the show is done like tons of different locations. Sometimes it's like jungles. Sometimes it's deserts. They actually have done a couple episodes like up north at Arctic locations. So the challenge Fuck is, all of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't... Straight up miss me with that. You're not doing it for fun. <laughs> it's a challenge. So... I mean, you're doing it for money. Yeah, they get, I wouldn't do that for money. They get... So typically speaking, it's a 21-day challenge. You have to make it all the way through that, and then you have to, like... In the Arctic. Sometimes, yeah. Fuck, no. And then you have to, like, go to an extraction location so they can come get you. You've met me in the winter. <laughs> do you think I'm surviving 21 days in the Arctic? No. I mean, I'm not either. Winter is by far my worst season listen but. i don't mind summer miss me with that shit all day long yeah. winter am i constantly cold and miserable yeah but do i prefer it over summer 100 percent. Mm -hmm. i don't know about that listen for me personally <laughs> i just i can't do the summer it is death okay <laughs> i'm fat it's hot i'm extremely <laughs> pale the sun hurts can't do it. <laughs> I this year have discovered that I'm somewhat allergic to the sun. I swear I have to be. I walked outside the other day when it was yeah. like almost 90. Yeah. And it hurt. Yeah, it hurts. You get like blisters or It eyes. felt like something under my skin was like bursting. I could, yeah, I could, uh, that's not fun at all. So I was reading about it because I was pretty sure I have somehow developed this. It's not, not actually uncommon for people to get it in their late 20s, early 30s. No, it's not. And it's more common in women because we don't have enough to fucking deal with. <laughs> Guess what? You're allergic to the sun, too. Yeah. Have fun with that. Well, I think I am. Ha ha, you were born with a uterus. Right. Sucks to be you. Yeah. Ugh. But. Anyway. I would kind of say the same thing, though. There's no way I could make it on these shows. These people have, like, such advanced skill sets compared to what I can do. Like, I'm pretty good at making fires, but I need, like, a lighter. I'm not about to, like, twist a stick together until it catches on fire. No. <laughs> and, like, they have to hunt Craft their... my own hunting weapons? Yeah, they, no. Like, craft these spheres and shit like that. They go hunting and find all their own food. It's, yeah, I would die, like, almost immediately. I, I would end up dying over the stupidest fucking thing. Like, yeah. I would eat a poison berry. Yeah. And I would die. Right. I get so hangry. I would eat on the way there, and then I would be hangry two hours later and quit. Yeah. I can't deal with my hanger. I'm sorry, people. I can't deal with it either. Neither can my husband. <laughs> so He can't deal with me when I'm hangry. He also cannot deal with me when I've just woken up and not had coffee. Yeah, that's a thing. Coffee is 
much needed in our lives. Yeah. But this guy's 80 years old, and he did fine for four days, apparently. Well, he's an 80-year-old badass, I guess. Yeah, he's a badass for sure. That's just kind of a funny story. I don't know if I was going to say anything else about it. That's probably about it. I just thought it was entertaining. So, back to our main topic of the week, and also last week. Or the same week, I guess. This is a dual episode. Yeah, these are um, going up the same week, but within a couple days of each other, since we didn't get anything up last week because of technical difficulties. Sorry about that. But, yes, alternative medicine. We are coming back to this topic because there's a lot to talk about. So, we talked last time about mostly medical marijuana, also a little bit about uh, a few other things, some psychedelics. Yeah. This week we are talking about mainly supplements and a couple other things as well. But that's going to be the major portion of it because I have so much to say yeah about supplements <laughs> illegal drugs were my bag this is chad's <laughs> and this is just a really crazy topic the more you read about it the crazier it gets yeah the one of the things that i found the most shocking about dietary supplements was that they're not regulated as drugs they're regulated as food yep regulated as food which means it's a whole different ball game they fall under different restrictions which mm-hmm. means basically no restrictions i mean i won't get into it but yeah that's what i came to find out at least um yeah so they're treated more like food uh they can say certain things on the label such as oh this boosts your overall immunity what they can't say is that it cures a specific ailment because then it would have to be classified as a drug right so they can't say oh this cures leprosy for instance something random <laughs> <laughs> but, I like that leprosy was the first thing that came to your mind. Well, I almost said hypothermia, but that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. You can't cure hypothermia with a drug. <laughs> uh, no, you basically just have to uh, warm up. Stop freezing to death. Yeah. <laughs> Get someplace warm. Yeah, so that is one thing. A few other interesting things for sure. I don't normally try to do this, but I did find an article that pointed out pretty much all of the major points I wanted to make and listed some really interesting um, numbers and statistics and things like that. So I'm going to basically just read a few chunks out of this article. It is from, actually it's not the exact same article that I had when we originally recorded this, but it does cover most of the same points. So that's still a pretty good one. Uh, So this is an article on statnews.com. It thought it Oh, no, that was a different one. Sorry. I I was looking at one from Harvard, but this is a different one. So statnews.com, it actually covers the the topic really well, and it lists its sources. So it's a pretty decent article. So yeah, statnews.com, Megan Thale, oh gosh, Thale King? Close enough. So she's the one who wrote it, put together all the information. So I'm going to read, like I said, just a couple big chunks of it just to illustrate some points, and then we will get into it a little bit more. So basically what's happening with supplements is it says at least 23,000 emergency room visits in the United States each year can be traced to dietary supplements. According to the first major study of adverse outcomes from products often marketed as healthy and natural. Uh, So this, mostly what we're talking about is dietary supplements. It does also kind of fall into like some people take like sexual, like Viagra for instance. Uh, dietary supplements or like vitamin supplements kind of falls under it as well. Mm -hmm. So mostly those things are what we're talking about here. It says most of the, uh, more than a quarter of all ER visits involved young adults. Many of them were taking weight loss supplements or herbal energy products. And this was a study that was actually published in the New England Journal of Medicine. It says some of the complaints that drove people to the hospital include cardiovascular symptoms, which includes chest palpitations, chest pain, allergic reactions, choking, Difficulty swallowing because of a large size of some of the pills. <laughs> I forgot about that one. It was kind of random to put in there. <laughs> I mean, some people can't swallow pills. No, that's true. Some people struggle. I can actually take them dry and it doesn't bother me. I hate it so much, but I can do it. Yeah, I, I don't really do it, but it's not that hard for me to do it. Uh, so it says also, study was conducted by researchers from the C- CDC. Uh, big surprise there. It says the huge and hugely popular dietary supplement industry is largely unregulated. Previous studies have identified dangerous levels of certain ingredients in some supplements, including a chemical similar to a stimulant, amphetamine. So this is not really like harmless stuff. It really depends on what's in it, but that is something they found. A lot of them are putting 
actual drugs in there yeah and then not saying it <laughs> they're putting like undisclosed drugs or drugs that are yeah just like not marketed for it basically yeah not marketed for it and they're trying to and some of them are even just like fraudulent products in general right fraudulent yeah so it's it's real messed up but that's a big part of it and a lot of them are basically like shipping from overseas where there's mm -hmm. believe it or not even less regulations on what's going on so it's pretty bizarre that's some of the couple quick things there a few of the other things i wanted to read but this was actually the first study that actually looks at systematically side by side a lot of these effects that are happening and that wasn't actually done until they started it in 2004 and it ran through 2013. Mm -hmm. so it took so long to even get to that point which is something it's going to bring up shortly but there's basically this big law that passed in 1994 that made things the way they are and pretty much nothing has happened since then as far as regulations, laws, anything like that. So that was a law that passed that pretty much classified them as food. And so nothing can, nothing really happens to these supplements before they hit the shelves. Yeah. So basically, um, oh God, it's so fucking shady. Um, basically, the FDA does nothing just in general, but also with these supplements um, under this law that they passed when it got switched over from a drug to a food, mm -hmm. it became the company's burden. So basically they're expecting these companies to be truthful. Yeah, it's pretty much like good faith ruling where they don't start pulling things from shelves until, until there's all these proven adverse effects, Yeah, which is absolutely bizarre, especially the way the industry has grown. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers because it was in the article I found that I can't quite track down now. But just the growth of it has been crazy. It's it's grown so much. I believe it said three out of five adults take supplements. Does that sound about right? Oh, what was it? I'm pretty sure it was no. like... No, it was like four out of five, wasn't it? Was it? It was either three or four out of five. Either way, that's pretty massive. Yeah. And... I think it was maybe like four out of five kids or something like that. There was like another smaller demographic that was a higher usage. Well, one was um, adults in general. I think it was four out of five elderly people. And then it was like three out of four adults. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Take supplements. Or maybe it was three out of five elderly people and four out of uh, We may have to fact check this later but it was something extremely similar to that where it's actually a lot more people than you realize that's why it's become such a big problem is because so many people are taking them and the companies are so well when you think about it a lot of these dietary supplements are sexual enhancement drugs right weight loss god forbid, god forbid. you can't get your dick up god forbid you can't get hard i mean in the u.s we act like that's almost world. worse than cancer i mean jesus christ you can't get your dick up anyway um, so you've got those. Yep. You have um, supplements to help you, to quote unquote, help you build muscle. Right. That's a big thing. Yep. And then weight loss, especially in women. You better be a twig or else nobody will ever find you attractive. Nobody will ever love you if you do not look like Scarlett Johansson. Yep. Or Gigi Hadid. Who? 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 Did you ask who? Yeah. <laughs> Gigi Hadid? She's like a supermodel or some shit. Yeah, okay. That skinny one with the giant boobs. Does she have giant boobs? I was just making a joke. That oh. <laughs> generally what supermodels look like. Do they have giant boobs, though? They're uh, all just like if, I guess skeletons. If, yeah, if they're thin enough, I guess not. <laughs> but, so it makes sense that the number of people who take dietary supplements would be so high. Because that's what we're obsessed with as we're, a culture. As yeah. a culture, we're obsessed with getting our dick up <laughs> and, <laughs> and weight loss and building muscle. Yes, not surprising at all when you think about it like that. So a few other things from the article. It says Dr. Geller of the CDC, who wrote the study, said that it's likely that the study significantly underestimates the number of adverse events caused by dietary supplements. And a few of the reasons for that is the study did not track patient, uh, patient visits to military hospitals, uh, doctor's office, or urgent care clinics. So I think it was mostly looking at emergency room visits. Probably. And then it said, it says it didn't look at adverse events tied to di dietary supplements in beverage forms, such as energy drinks and herbal teas. And it did not look at deaths. So that is actually something I'm going to bring up next is like the herbal or 
clean energy drinks because that's something specific that's happening. <laughs> so it didn't look at that. There are other studies that do though. So, and it said the supplementary industry dismissed the study as insignificant. Of course they did. Sure. Noting that many consumer products can cause injuries. Sure. Such a dumbass statement to make. <laughs> oh, here's a great quote here. <laughs> quote unquote, things are going to happen, said Duffy McKay, who heads scientific and regulatory affairs at the Council for Responsible Nutrition, a trade association for the supplement industry. You know, to quote Donald J. Trump, to quote the president of these United States, it, it is, is what it is. What it is. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what happens to you. Yeah. So that's a real funny quote. I'm glad they put that out there for us to laugh at them. Uh, so it says the group estimates that 150 million people in the United States take supplements, including children's vitamins. McKay said the industry takes consumer safety seriously. Oh, I'm sure you do while you're lining your pocket. Uh, recommends that people consult their doctors and follow instructions on the packages. He also noted that a 2006 law requires manufacturers to report adverse effects of supplement use to the FDA. Uh, yeah, if you don't tell them, nothing's going to happen because they don't do anything beforehand. Yeah, you have to admit something is going on. Just, I never realized how useless the FDA was. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of scary. <laughs> they don't even... I mean, I'm just going to say something that's going to blow your absolute fucking mind, but certified organic. Oh, that means nothing. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. It's just a phrase they put on it to sell it for more money. Yep. Unfortunately. It's not that tightly regulated. As is apparently anything else in our food because they just don't give a shit. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes. So everything that I got was actually from the FDA website. Okay. The very limited amount of stuff that I got because I knew Chad was doing a lot of research on this. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing that I read about dietary supplements from the FDA website <laughs> is that many dietary supplements have biological effects which may conflict with certain medications or medical conditions, but they are not classified as, as drugs. drugs. It is food. Oh, no. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> so it says, let's see here. Okay, so this is that law in 1994. It talks about that. So it says the FDA under the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994, is barred from reviewing dietary supplements for safety before they hit the market. The agency can intervene only when supplements are flagged as possibly dangerous, but the FDA said even that step can be difficult. The FDA's hands-off approach extends to the packaging of dietary supplements. The study found that many of the injuries to young children occurred because they got their hands on pills that were not stored in childproof containers, I mean, that makes sense because just yeah. thinking about the the vitamins that I have, mm -hmm. some of them are just like, it's just a little flip top. You just flip it up. Right. And just pop them out there. Yep. Yep. And a lot of this stuff, uh, maybe I shouldn't say a lot, but some of these injuries and things like that are from too large of a percentage. So that also makes sense. Kids especially don't really know what they're doing. They're just going to take a handful of pills because... Well, it's like... It's um. It's like at the beginning of uh, the pandemic when people right. were like, just take a shit ton of vitamin C. Yeah. Don't take a shit ton of vitamin C. Maybe if you have a legitimate like cold or flu, like take it for maybe like a couple days. Well, to... they were talking like mega dosing. Yeah. Don't do that. that high of a dosage of it, it's going to fuck you up somehow or other. The only times you should take extremely large amounts of vitamin C into your body are if you have, like, scurvy. <laughs> and then it said, It has been tough to study dangerous side effects of supplements in the past because many people don't share their supplement regimens with medical professionals. Mm -hmm. And medical professionals don't often think to ask. Which, to me, is mind-boggling. To be a doctor, years of extensive training, years of doing your rounds during your internship and things like that. Mm -hmm. You should know how people work. Yeah. <laughs> you should know that this market is exploding, especially the last decade. And so little has been done about it on the government side. Like yeah. you should know to ask people, Hey, what supplements are you taking? Because I know you're not about to tell me. <laughs> that is actually a big part of it is these weird interactions that they're having with people's actual medication, unregulated ingredients. Like we talked about mm -hmm. overdosing basically there's all of these basically complications coming up because of just the fact that the FDA doesn't do anything beforehand. They just wait until, oh, this many people reported they went to the emergency room because of this supplement. Um, something in the other article I had, it was talking about how hard the FDA has it trying to even track down these companies because of the way the law is written. 
again, this is a law written in 1994, 26 years ago, 25 years ago, where they pretty much haven't changed it since then, haven't changed anything about the ways it's regulated. But basically, these companies, even if you do have a bad company that, uh, okay, we've determined they made this product and it's hurting people, it's so hard to actually pinpoint what company is making what product because they pretty much don't have to tell you. They don't have to tell the government either. <laughs> so if they do something really shady, they can just keep doing it with their other products, even if they have to pull one of them off the market. Is that not just... This whole thing is just mind-blowing to me. I cannot believe all of these things are happening and nobody is doing anything about it. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I did find was the current... Actually, I'm not sure if he still is, but as of 2019, he was the one of the heads of the FDA, uh, Scott Gottlieb. And he was trying to sort of start to take some precautions <laughs> or the steps he was trying to take are so minimal. He's... It's just like, what is, what even is the point? Like, you're not doing anything. He's like, we're going to try to make them be more straightforward on their labeling. We're going to try to make them be more upfront about what drugs they're making and all this other, like, this should already be happening. Yeah, he's the former commissioner of Oof. the FDA. Already gone. <laughs> yeah, April... It... Well, it says that he was the commissioner of the FDA from 2017 to April 2019. Wow, I wonder when that, because that article I read was from 2019, so I guess it was the brief period that year where he was still in charge. I guess. And he tried to do a couple things, but... I don't know why we're surprised that he's already gone. <laughs> Nobody lasts very long underneath no. this administration. No, that's true. Especially people who try to improve public health. We don't want that. People who try to do anything, really. <laughs> so he yeah he was trying to take steps but he pretty much was upfront about it he's like nothing major is going to change until leg the legislator legislator changes and to get that to happen is just basically not going to happen because there's just too much money involved at this point i'm sure big pharma has something to do with it too well we're just going to blame this whole episode on big pharma <laughs> he tried he didn't really make it very far in his efforts i don't know who the current commissioner is i doubt they're doing anything about it I mean, <sighs> but it's exploded and we did talk a little bit last episode, but there are reasons why people are turning to supplements. They're turning to alternative medicine. I don't think people trust doctors a whole lot, or I don't think they have money to go to doctors mm -hmm. or they are looking for a shortcut. So if you're trying to lose weight, I think especially for like the losing weight yeah. aspect, it is a lot of trying to find a shortcut because yep. they there's so many of these like diet teas and diet supplements that are like, lose weight fast. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you'll lose like five pounds in a week, but most of that's just like water weight because most of these are yeah. diuretics. Yep, it's water weight. And guess what? You're going to gain that right back as yeah. soon as you get off the diet. Yeah. So it's real shady. And just if you classify it as food, apparently we don't care what's in it. <laughs> I don't understand the reasoning behind that, first of all. I don't understand it either. Like, I read that and I just, it blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, so, what does our government do other than dick over poor people? Uh, Couldn't tell you. Uh, not much, I guess. Go to war with other countries for no reason. I mean, yeah. Build a lot of missiles. Yeah. Yeah. So the FDA is useless. That's what we've determined. That's yes. what we've determined. Uh. I mentioned last time I do actually take a few supplements. I only take it during allergy season, but that I think is what it comes down to. You can't trust the government to tell you, or basically to take these dangerous substances off the market. So you have to do your own research. <laughs> you have to find out if the company you're buying from is trustworthy. Uh, we talked a little bit about osteopathic doctors. Uh, they're going to help you out finding what supplements are going to help you. Osteopathic doctors? Huh? Is that OD. the right word? Yep. Okay. You can also ask your MD, your med normal Western medical doctor. They will probably know a little bit about it, even if they don't ask you about it on their own. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm thinking about taking this supplement. Do you think that's a good idea? I think I would highly recommend people to look into these supplements a lot more than we currently are. <laughs> um, Just because Kim Kardashian said it helped her lose weight doesn't mean it's trustworthy. No, not at all. And that was another thing as far as the FDA. Probably, I, I can't guarantee this, but maybe the last thing I'll say about them. Uh, have you ever read The Jungle or have you heard of it? 
Um, I've heard you mentioned it, but no, I haven't heard of it. Okay, so it is actually a big book. So it was early on. Let me actually look up the year it was made because just for perspective here. Uh, while I'm doing that, it is a book written by an investigative journalist. And he was really focused on, at that time period, the meat and food processing industry and how completely fucked it was. Basically, the fact that workers were so badly mistreated, so underpaid. A lot of them were immigrant workers, go figure. Um, on top of that, there was just really, really bad quality of food. So pretty much any old sick, diseased pig or other animal was processed, sent through, sent on through the line. Um, there were a lot of contaminations, so rodents, bugs, poop, <laughs> you name it. A lot of that stuff was going through. So basically just this huge plethora of issues. And he discovered it basically just by watching these processing facilities, interviewing the people working there. And he eventually wrote this book. And it's absolutely horrifying. <laughs> but if you read it, it shows you actually how we got to where we are today. Because he released this, the whole world freaked out. Well, not the whole world, but the United States freaked out, said, hey, we need some sort of regulation here. This is not okay. And sadly... A lot of things have not progressed a whole lot further past that point. No. So it's kind of like something like that has to happen where somebody exposes this whole supplement industry for what it's doing and makes people care enough that we cry out until something's changed. I just can't think of any other way that it's actually going to go down. But okay. So The Jungle, written 1906 by Upton Sinclair. 1906? Yes. Oh my God. That shows you how little has really changed. Since that initial outburst of, hey, we can't be eating poop in our food. Apparently that's the line. That's the line we will not cross. We don't care about anything else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, bugs are just extra protein. It's fine. Uh, I mean, I would agree with that. But rodents, diseased animals, like you've got to... Workers, sometimes the workers would die or like chop off an arm and it would just kind of go through that way. <laughs> Is that not typical working conditions for the early 1900s, though? Um doesn't mean it's good so i mean i'm not saying it was good i'm just saying that's kind of how shit was back then a lot of it but it does make me think about it because it's kind of the same thing like we are so hands off on this stuff that literally thousands of people are going to the doctor going to the emergency room every year that's a problem to me i don't know about you <laughs> i mean this whole thing is a problem and the fact that the fda doesn't even regulate dietary supplements i right. don't and they're just like okay the government's just like, okay, you companies. You not put illegal drugs in there. We're going to trust you to be honest about what your <laughs> supplements do. And we're going to trust that everything you say about this product is fine. <laughs> if that it's, is not the most it's insane. capitalistic shit you've ever right? heard in your whole fucking life. Yeah. Oh, no, companies, we're not going to regulate you. It's absolutely bizarre. We're on the honor system. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, if you are going to take any supplements, anything of that nature, I would highly encourage you to try to research the company, try to make sure there's some sort of trustworthy company, as much as you can expect from these companies anyways. Just don't do it. Okay, listen. No amount of dietary supplements is going to help you lose 20 pounds in a month. No. It's not. And if it does help you lose 20 pounds in a month, that's not great for your body. <laughs> It's kind of a shock to your system, honestly. Yeah. De depending on how you reach that point. But like Sam said, a lot of these are diuretics, so you're just kind of flushing things out, and it's just not going to last. Yeah. So it's real dangerous. It can be, especially... The best way to lose weight is diet and exercise, which is yeah. why I will never lose weight. Just a lot of people just aren't willing to do it, and I can't say I blame you, but don't take these real shady supplements and poop yourself to losing 20 pounds. That's not good. Here's my problems with dieting. I just love carbs so much. <laughs> I love a potato. <laughs> Potatoes, bread. I can fuck up some bread. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Emily makes really good cheddar jalapeno bread. Oh, I don't make bread. I don't either, but Emily does, and I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> so, some specific examples. There was one called Rhino. I think it was called Rhino. It might have been called Blue Rhino. But it was a male supplement, and they found prescription Viagra type of medicine in it how do these companies get away with that though because they don't have to prove anything until somebody starts to have bad reactions to it 
they literally don't even have to put the right ingredients on the label. You know what it's like? What's it like? It's like those topical ointments, those topical male enhancement ointments that they sell that you put on. (laughs) So basically... It basically it's got testosterone in it. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, to you know help you get it up because as we've already established, <laughs> getting your dick up that's, that's the so most important. important thing. From what I understand, obviously I've never used it. Don't have a dick. Um, <laughs> Sam, you have the biggest dick out of anybody I know. It's true, true, true. Anyway, <laughs> this ointment that you like rub on your skin because people weren't getting it from doctors and nobody was telling them anything about it. Yep. Other people that they were touching. Ooh. We're getting doses of testosterone that they should not have oh, been getting otherwise. That's bad. Right. Jeez. Because it's on your skin. Yeah. I don't know why I just thought about that. No, well, that's pretty relevant to what yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> it's not a supplement, but it's still like an eh, ointment. Same realm. There's that rhino male enhancement that pretty much specifically got called out. Uh, there is... Didn't that have, or maybe it was something similar that had some sort of like Chinese herbs in it that they weren't disclosing that w- was making people sick too? Mm, that does actually sound kind of familiar. I don't know if it was the same company, but I have heard of that happening. It was something, I mean, like it was an herb that is fine to take for right. certain things, but when mixed with other things, it can make you like seriously ill. Gotcha. I wouldn't be surprised. Which I think is the problem with a lot of these supplements, because a lot of them do come from China. Right. Not trying to blame China for everybody's (laughs) problems in 2020, because God knows. We've done enough of that. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. It's more so just the fact that these companies are combining it with a bunch of other shit, like you said. Combining it with other stuff, not disclosing what it is. Yeah. And it's stuff that when you mix with other stuff... Real bad reactions. Really yeah. bad reactions. You know, like other medications, but the FDA wouldn't know anything about that because dietary supplements aren't drugs, they're food. They're not drugs. And that's even the scary thing is that even with prescribed medicines, accidents still happen. Like Heath Ledger, for instance, he was not doing anything too crazy. He was taking a couple drugs that were prescribed to him and they had a super bad reaction interaction with each other and he died from it. The things that they don't tell you about medication blows my mind. Yeah. Like um, birth control, for instance. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just oral contraceptives or if it has the same effect with IUDs and like injections and stuff like that. Yeah. But if you are taking birth control pills and you take antibiotics... The antibiotics make your birth control less effective. Oh, cool. Right. And How guess who doesn't tell you that? <laughs> yeah. How many people know that before they're accidentally pregnant? Right. <laughs> uh, grapefruit. Have you heard about that? It does all sorts of weird shit. Uh-uh. Uh, it interacts super weirdly with a whole bunch of medications. So they usually, at this point, they've realized, oh, we have to ask people or tell people about this. Mm-hmm. So I would have to look up. I don't know what types specifically but i think it's like multiple where it will cause a really bad reaction harm you kill you jesus yeah so it's like this stuff is out there and if you don't even know what's in the pill that you're taking you're just increasing your risk of injury that much Mm -hmm. you know that much more it's whack (laughs) yeah (sighs) another specific example i want to talk about is green tea extract because i had no clue about this but emily actually is the one who told me uh, my wife, she works with my wife. So my wife? I said that was kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> she works in clinical research, so she has a lot of like direct interactions with doctors and things like that as she's helping do these studies. And yeah, green tea extract is real bad for you. I would not have known. I also did, a, I mean, not a huge amount, but I did a little bit of research just to see if other people were also saying that. And yeah, it's at this point are pretty well... it's a pretty well established thing um it is causing liver failure is one of the most common examples as well as sometimes kidney failure um there were a few other reported possibilities that are happening uh high blood pressure things pretty much along that realm of of problem that crop up but the reasoning pretty much is just that Kind of similar reasons to what we were already talking about. It's not regulated super well. The problem with extracts is that it's so concentrated. Mm-hmm. So drinking a couple gr- cups of normal green tea, yeah, sure, that's good for you. That's got a lot of benefits. Uh, drinking a quote-unquote health food energy drink, 
with a whole bunch of green tea extract, it's basically overloading your system. The way it interacts with certain people, it does a lot of damage to your organs because it's just so highly concentrated and also kind of like we were talking about as well, just they, they also put other, sh other shit in it because it's not regulated. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of like the two major things that are happening. And also the caffeine because it, you know, tea does have caffeine in it for the most part. And if you're taking that extract, it's a lot more caffeine compared to normal. So that's something the article I read mentioned. Is that green tea extract or mm -hmm. is it like matcha or is it the same thing? Those are different. Okay. Because yeah. I know that... Uh, matcha, I would not say is bad for you. At least I didn't see anything about it. Well, I did read where, because of where it's grown, consuming high doses of matcha can, I think it has some... I think it's like heavy metal toxicity. I don't know what metal is in it, though. Huh, interesting. But, uh... But, this is kind of back to that same point. This whole alternative food or health food, organic food. They throw all these buzzwords at you, and most of them mean nothing. And you're doing as much, if not more, damage to yourself compared to if you are just doing, like, the standard version. Like, a standard energy drink. Like, neither one of these is good for you. You just have to bear in mind there's there's actually like a consumer report against uh the green tea extract because it apparently has gotten that bad <laughs> um okay so matcha it was um potential lead contamination huh. it says i guess this extends to green, green tea um as well mm -hmm. um so this is an article from health.com it says even organically grown green teas have been shown to contain lead which is absorbed by the plant from the environment particularly tea grown in china when traditional green tea is steeped, about 90% of the lead stays in the leaf, which huh. is discarded. With matcha, since the whole leaf is it's consumed, up, yeah. you will ingest more lead. Interesting. I do wonder, though, because I do think a lot of green tea now comes from Japan. That's so what I, I was thinking. I guess you just have to pay attention to where it's coming from. Yeah, and I think that's only when you consume it in extremely high doses. Probably, yeah. And that could be another point of a lot of these supplements and things. There's definitely a possibility that it, the negative or harmful substances are in, like, low quantities. But it's pretty much like playing Russian roulette. Like, you just don't know what you're getting. <laughs> so yeah. any pill that you take could be the one that screws up your liver, you know? So it's just not super worth it, in my opinion. But you got to just do your research, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, green tea extract, that is one for sure that I would throw out there. Just avoid it. It's just not worth it. And it's in a lot of stuff that you wouldn't expect it to be in. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things like that too, but that was the major one I wanted to focus on uh, because I think it is actually pretty prevalent in a lot of these like organic food stores. Mm -hmm. I accidentally drank an energy drink with one in it and I was like, what are you doing? I told you this was bad for you. I was like, oh, sorry, I'm... I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I literally <laughs> didn't even look at the ingredient list. Yeah. But now I do. Most people don't. Yeah, most people don't. So I was it's... eating something the other day and I yeah. just decided to look at the ingredients for the fuck of it and I was like, oh... Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> MSG. Yeah. I'll, okay, no so, wonder this is so tasty. Yeah. I think MSG is not as bad as people thought. Again, one of those things I would have to look more into. But mm -hmm. I have started to hear more people coming out saying it was just kind of like a racist, racist thing that was put out there. I mean, fucking probably. So jury's out on that one. I'm going to have to research it. But I think it's potentially not as bad as people were saying. Maybe. Yeah. If you're done with supplements, since we're talking about es extracts, <laughs> yeah, I've got some things to say about essential oils. Let's move on to essential oils. Not trying to shit on anybody <laughs> for using essential oils. You do you. Maybe they work, maybe they don't. Don't know, couldn't tell you. Not a researcher, as we've established. <laughs> <laughs> but just a few things about essential oils, since they are such a big thing right now. Here's the thing, Okay. There is no government agency in the U.S. that provides regulation or a grading system for essential oils. So, again... So you think the FDA is bad? The government in general. Shit. Yeah. Uh, so, basically, essential oils aren't regulated. So, you don't really know what's in your essential oils. Yep. They may not work for the things that you think that they work for. Again, they may work, they may not. I have used essential oils once. Yeah. Uh, so I had a, a previous boss who also sold essential oils and she was like all the time trying to get people to use them. Right. And I was 
really sick. I think it was just like a chest cold or something. Don't know. Just, I felt like shit. Yeah. It was one of those colds where like you look into their eyes and you can just see that they're sick kind of things. <laughs> um, so she was like, hey, if you want to try this, I have it with me. Um, it was the doTERRA. Do-tera. doTERRA? Yeah. Their On Guard, which is like their special blend for... Uh, like a mute cold or like for like colds and like like immune boost or some shit like that she's like you can try this and peppermint because i had like a cough and i think peppermint's good if you have a cough or something i don't know Uh, um so she's like just rub it on the bottom of your feet and you can rub some on your throat too right so i took it and that day i felt better Mm -hmm. like so much better again don't know if it was the essential oils or if my sickness had just run its course yeah i didn't I'm kind of in the same boat. I didn't want to talk a huge amount about whether or not they are effective because I do think a lot of them, definitely not all of them, but a lot of them are based off of these pretty much like what people were initially using as medicine before drugs and pharmaceuticals started coming around. So like women, peppermint. And I mean, that stuff definitely does work. Like, Yeah, it does a lot for you. I've taken, you know, I've popped a, peppermint in my mouth when i felt nauseous and it right. helps curb your nausea yeah nausea, exactly and, so um, i do think there are a lot of ginger you know yeah like there's like all these different things that do definitely have a positive impact on you but yeah the problem i have with them is that well the big problem i have with them is that they are pyramid schemes like you briefly mentioned but the other problem i have with them is that they very often are basically promoted to cure serious illnesses and i don't yeah. really think that's the case a lot of the time. So just to clarify, it's not these companies that are saying that it will cure this illness because yeah, they can't. They, they can't. They will get sued. But the thing is, like Chad said, like we've mentioned, is that most of these companies, most of these companies that sell these oils are, as he put them, pyramid schemes. <laughs> technically, not technically so, a pyramid no, scheme. I mean, it is. They like to try to call it something different. So the term they're using is multi-level marketing, MLM. Yeah. It's the exact same damn thing. Quit, uh, MLMs, quit calling a horse by a different color or whatever the phrase is. Yeah, MLMs are basically legal pyramid schemes. Yeah. They call them multi-level marketing, which is what MLM stands for. Uh, pyramid selling networks. Uh, pyramid marketing <laughs> and referral marketing. Basically, the people who work for these MLMs are considered independent sellers and independent contractors. Right. And they're basically allowed to tell you whatever the fuck they want. Oh, they're they encouraged. Will. They're encouraged to sell basically by any means possible. Right. So if, you know, they knew somebody who took this and it helped them with their whatever. Right. They're allowed to, you know, they're encouraged to give you personal anecdotes, basically, to make you want to buy these products and use them for yourself. So I'm not going to lie. I was, for a very brief period, I was part of an MLM, but it was selling insurance, life insurance specifically. So I felt less, the reason I got into it was because I felt like it was a legitimate product. Mm -hmm. But the more time I spent, I mean, really, it was only like a couple months. And the more time I spent in it, the more clear it became that it's just like a really bad system. I feel like that's how MLMs are, though. Yeah. Like somebody convinces you to use this product or whatever. Right. And it works for you. And that gets you excited enough to think that you can sell it to everybody you know. Right. And... So I went to a person that I knew who was also in the insurance industry, but he was working for more of a legitimate company. And he pretty much just explained to me how it worked. He said, oh, so, and I had done quotes on myself because I wanted to get my own insurance. So I knew what I was going to get paid going through that company. He was like, okay, let me just run up some numbers. He showed me, first of all, the price I was going to be paying, which was better for the insurance. He also showed me my commission if I was to sell it to myself, like working for him, for instance. And that's how they get you. All of the money in those companies is going upwards. You're getting such a small percentage off Mm -hmm. of it. You're not supposed to make money selling, even though they want you to sell. You're supposed to make money recruiting. So everybody that you get to work basically for you under your team, and even everybody that they get to work for them under their own team, you're making money off of their sales. Yeah, so that's basically how MLMs work. Um, The way you make money, like he said, is two ways. By selling to your retail customers or by recruiting new distributors. And your sales network basically is your recruits and then the people they recruit. Right. 
And this is all from the FTC. Which is very unfortunate because I think this whole business model, especially when it comes down to alternative health and essential oils, mm -hmm. is really targeting single moms so badly here recently. Yeah. I because... mean, when you look at these different MLL com MLM companies, yeah. who is selling you these products? Moms. Moms. <laughs> Ladies, mostly single moms. They are trying really hard to get out of corporate America, find their own way, make their own business. And I appreciate that. I respect that. But yeah. you are not going to make money. And that's my main problem with essential oils. It's being sold to me yeah. through these kinds of companies. Right. And there's no, there's nothing backing up your shit. No, there's nothing backing it up. They just know that it's trendy right now and they're making bank off of it. Yeah. They're making bank off of getting all these somewhat vulnerable people and if i was not skeptical about mlms before i sure as fucking skeptical skeptical <laughs> i sure as fucking skeptical about mlms now okay i have a couple other things to say before you get that far oh i'm not gonna we're gonna i'm just gonna discuss this okay. later okay. but i'm just saying my eyeballs have been open yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so one quote or one one article i found about it basically just kind of putting this into perspective it's from Vox.com. Uh, they actually have several articles about essential oils and MLMs. Mm -hmm. But the one I found was more recent, and it's talking about basically the way it's hit hit our culture in light of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So lots and lots of people obviously getting laid off, getting furloughed, all that type of thing. People are obviously more vulnerable right now, more in need of like e not necessarily easy money, but flexible money where you can make your own hours you can potentially sell from home that type of thing yeah so the article was just pointing that out pointing out some of these shady companies that are hardcore taking advantage of it and also just putting out some numbers there really just showing you how hard and how pretty much impossible it is to be making money um so i'm going to read that off but just a quick other throw out so doTERRA we mentioned there's like Young Living is another one. There's a lot of these companies. You've probably heard a lot of their names. The only ones I've heard of for essential oils are Young Living and doTERRA. Yeah, there's quite a few of them. You've, The more you look into it, you're probably going to be like, oh, I've heard of that one. I saw this random person try to sell me one uh, thing from maybe. them. It's, it's weird, but here's the quote. It says, and if, like I said, it was just talking about how, kind of how the structure works and how they set it up to where they, you think you're going to make so much money. So then after that, it says, all this might be fine if MLM businesses were profitable, but Fitzpatrick and many others argue this is not the case. One study found that, on average, most sellers earn less than 70 cents an hour. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't laugh at that, but it's just so terrible. I know. A 2018 AARP survey of 1,000 MLM participants showed that only 25% of those questions made a profit. However, a 2017 report from the Consumer Awareness Institute found that 99% of MLM participants either didn't make money at all or actually lose it. So that it happens basically because they, a lot of these companies encourage you to buy a huge amount of stock upfront because they tell you you're gonna be, oh, you're gonna be selling this, it's gonna be flying off of your shop, your, yourself basically. So you need to buy a bunch of it right now. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how some of the higher ups make their money is just making their underline buy huge amounts of stock. Yeah. And so that's how you also lose money on it. The article did also point out that it is difficult to get comprehensive data and accurate statistics, pretty much because these companies are very shady. They're cooking the books. They're cooking the books. They're not really reporting accurate information to people, yeah. obviously because it doesn't work super well. So that is something to keep in mind. But out of a pretty big research, I mean, 1,000 people, only 25% of those people were making a profit. That's very, that means it's very hard to be successful. Yeah. And more than likely, you're just going to lose money. And there are also other companies, but we're mostly talking about alternative medicine. So, I mean, I, I won't probably mention all of them, but there's things like It Works or there's a few of them more of like fashion or like exercise apparel. Mm -hmm. So, or even like Mary Kay, there's all these companies that are using this exact same model Yeah. to try to just basically make money off of recruiting people. And it just never, it's never that great <laughs> they're gonna tell you that you're gonna go on all these cruises you're gonna travel you're gonna make tons of money you're gonna be your own boss and it sounds awesome and then just that's just not the reality of it yeah i've been there like i said it was brief but i've been there 
trust me, it just does not work out. Another thing that I find kind of interesting is uh, that boss that I had yeah. who sold uh, Duterra. I, I only worked for her for a year. And when I, I first started, she had just got back from a Duterra trip to Utah, which I guess is where they're based out of. Weird. They had like a convention or some shit. And then um, shortly before I left, she had been to another one. Yeah. Her credit card information got stolen both times she was there. Oh, did it? So I was like, well, that's just interesting, isn't it? What happened there? I wonder. Huh. So I thought that was interesting. Um, something that I did want to um, point out, even though we've been just straight up fucking shitting on the FDA this whole episode, <laughs> um, is that the FDA does not consider essential oils safe for consumption. Which and, is interesting because that's not what these companies are telling you. Right. Some of them will tell you that you can, like, dilute it in water. Like, right. I know one thing. We've established that I'm a huge consumer of YouTube. <laughs> There's a couple people that I watch on YouTube who are Young Living representat- representatives. representatives. Yeah. And uh, they'll talk about, like, the cleaning products that Young Living sells. Yeah. And I they're like, read about that in this article. They're like, you know, and I'm not worried about my kids getting a hold of them because if they drink them, they can, you know, just have to make sure that they drink water and they'll be fine. And I'm like, okay, it is probably better that they get a hold of that than like a bottle of Clorox (laughs) or some shit. But it's still not safe for them to consume. That's what the article I read pointed out is that these companies, some, not all of them, but some of them do sell cleaning products. Those are like 97% alcohol cleaning alcohol that's what's killing the germs it's not any of these oils unfortunately it's alcohol (laughs) so yeah Yeah. clearly there's differences like that's what hand sanitizer is for the most part it's just cleaning alcohol you know there's like don't drink it (laughs) yeah and that's they make there's very different branding and wording that they can use with their specific cleaning products Mm -hmm. compared to the oils but you're right people are not very intelligent about it and do kind of say that you can drink these things and eat these things i don't know i would i would be cautious and again it all comes back to how trustworthy the company is yeah you believe that it's actually what they say it is if it's lemon okay fine it's not really gonna hurt you right but some of these other things are very suspect yeah so i did read an article um and it quoted a nurse practitioner named nar her her hold on (laughs) oh no (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, har har. Yeah, har har. <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyway. Um, you did so much better last time you tried to pronounce that. I really did. Now I'm struggling. Um, but I read an article and um, the person who they were talking to was a nurse practitioner by the name of Harpreet Gudrar. There you go. Probably pronounced that wrong. No, but anyway. I think that's good. <clears throat> she was talking about essential oils. Um, basically, she said that you should only use them under the supervision of a licensed professional, like an aromatherapist or something. Okay. And saying how you should basically only use them topically, um, diluted by a carrier oil, which are like vegetable oils and things like that. Gotcha. Using them in diffusers is fine, but she advised against using them in diffusers in public or in homes with multiple people, like in a common room. Like I'm sure if you were just using it in your bedroom, that's fine. Um, Just because these different oils can have different effects on people. Uh, one that she specifically pointed out was peppermint oil, which is commonly recommended for headaches, I guess. Okay. Um, but in small children under the age of 30 months, it can cause like severe agitation in them. Oh, and apparently it can have adverse effects for people who have like fast heartbeats. Okay. Well, I know I specifically am allergic to lavender, which is really yeah. depressing as a witch because lavender is used for tons of stuff. Get you some CBD. It'd be fine. <laughs> Yeah, so it just comes down to everybody reacts to things differently. Yeah. She did also say that a lot of these companies will um, say that their oils are therapeutic grade, which is just a marketing term. Just doesn't, yeah, again, doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like the organic label. Yeah. A lot of the time. (laughs) Basically. But she did say that there's other things you can use, like body oils. Um, They have like little charms for like necklaces and bracelets and keychains where you can put a little bit of the oil on them. Okay. Um, and then also there's like aroma sticks, I guess, that you can use. Yeah, I think I've seen those. There's different ways. You can go about it in a safe way and yeah, definitely get some benefits out of it. But don't join an MLM, please. Don't join an MLM. MLMs are so shady. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. 
So ultimately, that's what alternative health comes down to. It's going to react differently, differently to different people. That's fine. That's part of life. I mean, that's you, any medication, really. Any medication, any drug, any anything like that, really. Yeah. You got to just know your own body, listen to professionals. If you are thinking about something pretty drastic, you should at least consult a professional before you start doing it. Those are the points I wanted to make. I feel like alternative health is super interesting. I do like a lot of these ideas. Like I said, I do a few things that are out of the ordinary. I do also like a neti pot, which is used for like sinus issues. You just fill a pot with water and saline and typically it's like warm water and then you pour it through your nostrils one at a time mm -hmm. and it just helps with that type of issue. Uh, I don't use that super often anymore, but if it is like a really bad sinus day where I can feel that my face is like swollen, that's usually the type of time I would use it and it helps me out. It just kind of cleans things out, I think. I did also go to a salt cave with my dad and that was a really good experience. Unfortunately, it wasn't an actual cave. It was more of a room that they blew in all the salt. I believe it was from Sweden. It was one of the like legitimate salt mines oh. in Scandinavia. Scandinavia. Um, yeah, so they flew in like tons and tons, like literal tons of this salt. And Take filled... me away, Scandinavia. <laughs> yes, please. They filled this room with it and you sat in it for 45 minutes. It did actually help both of us with breathing and it was very relaxing, things like that. So again, we are not shitting on alternative medicine. We just think that there are Absolutely good... not. I'm a huge supporter of alternative medicine. Yeah, we just think there's good and bads to it. So do your research, know what you're getting into. Yeah. Consult a doctor if you are at all able to. All these things. All these things. I think that about does it. <laughs> Hopefully you guys are in agreement or think that it's at least interesting. I'm pretty sure Chad thought I was tips. just going to like completely shit on essential oils, but I didn't. Are no. you proud of me? No, I, I didn't think you were going to. I mean, I, I think we're pretty much in agreement there. There are some wild claims made that are just not factual at all. But overall, it, it could be good. Like, there are certain ones that I do think could be helpful. Yeah. Tell us more about pyramid schemes. I know you have something to talk about. <laughs> so my, uh, my witch tip for this week. Hey guys, it's Editing Sam, interrupting this witch tip real quick to let you know that despite the fact that I had this guy's name pulled up while I was talking about this, uh, the leader of Nexium is not Kevin Ranier, it is Keith Ranieri. So anytime you hear me talking about Kevin, I mean Keith, because I'm an idiot. But I just wanted to drop in and let you guys know that, and now we can get back to the episode. If you are unfamiliar with our witch tips, uh, basically at the end of every episode, we like to send you away with like a little tip or something cool that we think you should check out or. Yeah, something we just want to shout out. Yeah, something we want to shout out. Could what be he anything. said. So this week, I want to shout out a podcast, specifically season one of this podcast. Um, this podcast was done by the CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcasting Company. And the series is called CBC Uncover. And this is their first season that they did where they talked about Nexium. Okay. Uh, just a little background on Nexium for those of you that don't know what it is. Um, it's spelled N-X-I-V-M. It started as a self-help organization and a an MLM. Yeah, yeah, it's a cult. It's a cult <laughs> for sure. It's so crazy how like similar MLMs and cults are. Oh, yeah. They, like, studied cults and built up their business model. <laughs> yeah, someone was, like, looking into a cult, and you're like, you know what? I got a great idea for how to make money quick. No kidding. Basically, this podcast follows a woman named Sarah Edmondson, who used to be a member of Nexium. She was, like, pretty high-ranking in their company, making good money. Uh, she had started a Nexium center in Vancouver, I don't know what all cities uh, Nexium was in. I know it started in upstate New York, and that's where, like, their main hub was. Okay. Uh, but it was started by a, a guy named Kevin... Is it Kevin Rainier? Yeah. Basically, it turned into this whole big thing, making shit tons of money. Even had um, an actress, if you ever watched Smallville. I didn't watch it. Um, but her name is Allison Mack. Yeah. She... Straight up, like, quit her acting career and moved to upstate New York to be part of Nexium. I did briefly hear about that when all this stuff was breaking. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it 
like I said, the woman who is like the main focus sort of of the Nexium podcast, her name is Sarah Edmondson, and she basically just talks about all the stuff that happened in her time in Nexium. It started off really great. Like she really thought she was helping people. Um, she started it. I think she was going on a cruise or something, and mm. she was recruited by somebody. And one of the tactics that they used, um, because you have to be fully immersed in this. Oh, yeah. You basically have to give up everything. You have to be there when they need you to be there. But just to join was like a few thousand dollars. And she's like, I don't really have that money. I have to be available because she was an aspiring actress. Right. Um, I have to be available for my agent when they call. And basically the person who recruited her was like, in not so many words, she was like, do you want to wait around for somebody to tell you what to do? Or do you want to just like live your life? Right. So that's how she got recruited. And um, eventually she got asked if she wanted to join this women's only section of Nexium called DOS, which stands for something in Latin. Even if I knew, I know. Even if I knew what it was, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it properly. Um, out. What the fuck is the obsession with Latin and all these damn cults? I don't know. It's a dead language. Give it up. They don't want to give it up. I don't understand. They want to bring Latin back. <laughs> um, but basically, um, whatever the translation of this was, was something like master and servant. So the person who recruits you to be in DOS is your master and you are their servant. And oh, basically, right. you have to be available for them at all times. Jeez. Uh, part of the initial available in what way, Sam? Huh? Available in what way? So, as far as the women are concerned, there's no like sexual aspect to this. But, oh, shit. um, in some of the interviews that they did, and some of the things that they talked about, the master would ask the servant to seduce. Kevin, the dude who started Nexium, oh, okay. the like head of it. The cult leader. The cult leader. Yeah, because it was a sex cult. Yep. Anyway, so they would, and there was like this one part where you have to be available, like immediately. Like they text you and you have to immediately text them back or like everybody gets punished. Oh, God. Yeah, so it's crazy. So the first episode goes through the initi- initiation process into DOS where. They blindfold you and take you to an undisclosed location, which turns out to be Alice and Max's house. And you get in there. They force you to strip naked. They take pictures of you naked. And then they brand you on your pelvis with a cauterizing tool. And... Why do people agree to things like this? I don't know. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so fascinated by this. They just go along with it. Because cults in general... Yeah fascinate me because it's, i'm like how yeah. and why just somebody is like oh yeah just uh, go ahead and poison yourself to death it's gonna be fine they're like okay cool well they didn't know that they were poisoning themselves not all not i'm thinking about do. jonestown specifically yeah, they of, didn't know some of them do for sure don't drink the kool-aid kids yeah but uh yeah I, it just fascinates me i'd like to think that i wouldn't be talked into a cult <laughs> because i hear some of the things that they say to these people and yeah. like some of the shit that happens and i'm like how what why? Why? Yeah. It's people who are extremely charismatic. And it's like you said, they're promising you a life that's so much more than what you feel trapped in. Yeah. And it's people who are unfortunately not strong enough mentally to see through that. I and guess. And realize they're just going from one power structure to another. But basically she was like, so, and she was like, that kind of raised alarms for me, but I went along with it anyway, because basically she was manipulated into it. Okay. But later on, someone, I think it was one of the other girls that was in DOS with her, was like, had pointed out that on the brand, it looked like the initials A and M, Alice and Mac, were on there. And then she looked at it again, and not only was A and M in there, but also K and R for Kevin Kevin Rainier. Of course. So they had been branded with his initials. Great. And, uh, yeah, they also talked about these, like, experiments that this doctor that was in Nexium did, where they were, uh, like, fright experiments. What? One of them was, like, so um, they put this woman in a room. And <laughs> once you, like, listen to it, basically, they, like, shit on women all the time. Oh, yeah. Which is very common for cults common anyway. Common yeah. Um, but they, like, put this woman in this room, and they were showing her, like, images on a screen 
one of them was like a clip from American History X where like Nazis were like killing black people. Killing black people. Yeah. I think they were curb stomping them. Yeah, I've never yeah, seen yeah. American History X. So taken out of context, that sounds terrible. It is actually a fantastic movie because it's against all of those ideas and it shows you how somebody got indoctrinated and how he learned to get out of it. Okay. So it is an extremely good movie. But yes, that scene out of context is horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be, yeah. It's, and it's then horrible. they would expose her to a lot of, like, other horrible... I think one of the things that they showed her was, like, a gang rape or something. And just to see, like, what her reaction was. Uh, I'm sure she had seen that, considering the other things that happened in this cult. Yeah. But anyway, it was a super interesting um, podcast. Like I said, it's season one of CBC Uncovered. Okay. Um, there is currently airing a docuseries on HBO about Nexium that I haven't started watching yet, but I will be watching that. Ooh, that reminds me. I was... I haven't looked into how good the sources were or anything like that, but there is a documentary called Unwell on Netflix about the alternative health field. So if, I saw that. I haven't watched it, though. If the things that we're talking about sound interesting, maybe check that out. I think it is obviously focused on the darker side of alternative medicine. But I did see it as I was preparing the other day, and I was like, oh, I need to watch that. Yeah, I think I need to watch that, too. Maybe we'll check it out and give our thoughts next yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll do an update, perhaps. Yeah. Actually, no, we won't, because we're recording tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe not next episode, but maybe in the, in the future. But, yeah, I think that's super interesting. I will be watching the docuseries. I think the last episode is supposed to air in October, so. It's coming up. In October, you'll get my final thoughts on that. <laughs> yep. Everybody go check it out. Yeah, definitely listen to that podcast. It was so interesting, yeah. and I thought they did such a great job on it. Cool. It's, like you said, cults are always interesting, so. The cults just, I mean, they just fascinate me. <laughs> yeah. All right. That about does it for this episode. So thank you guys again for listening. Yeah. Check thank you to uh, everybody who has uh, supported us so far. Yeah. We are super excited about our progress and we are thankful for you guys all checking us yeah. out. Our number one fan. Our number one fan is always in our hearts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was so worried she was going to think it was weird that I added her on Facebook, <laughs> but she added me, so I guess she didn't think it was weird. No. <laughs> she was okay with it. So we're on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we are on pretty much any podcasting site that you care to listen to us on. Spread the word if you would be so kind. Leave us reviews. All that type of stuff really makes a massive difference. Yeah, definitely come hang with us on social. We want to hear from you guys. I know. I really would like people to talk to us on there, but yeah. not too many people do so far. What the fuck? I don't understand. Get up on it. I'm asking you a question. Respond to me, please. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks again. We will be back. Our next topic is mental health. And that is, again, obviously a very large topic. We will probably talk about a few particulars that are interesting and relevant to us. And we will be back for more after that. So thank you guys again. We will see you soon. Bye. Bye.